everyone, and welcome to this week's On the Spot. I'm Zach Strickland, Director of Freight Market Intelligence here at Freightways, and with me, as always, is John Paul Hampstead, Director of Passport Market Research uh, as well. So, JP, we've had uh, an interesting week. You know, we had another hurricane uh, come through the Gulf. Does not appear to have had a strong impact to the freight market, however, and again, just like Laura uh, a couple of weeks ago, it's really hard to discern just how much of an impact these hurricanes are gonna have in a market that's already tremendously destabilized. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Orange Beach, Alabama, not a, not a massive uh, logistics hub. You know, obviously there's flooding, there's sort of um, local uh, infrastructure damage, right? Bridges, uh, railroads, things like that, but nothing, Nothing that's requiring like a massive amount of a freight to come in in right. at least yet. Um, so the, you know it looks like and, and again you know tender rejections are very high. Spars are already very high. If we were sort of on the bubble like we were back in May, right? Like, right. is it going to go into an inflationary market? Is it not? These things might have had bigger effects, but mm-hmm. we're already kind of there. I mean, we did see. Atlanta bucked the trend of uh, slowly loosening capacity and, ha- and have tender rejections go up a little bit. The same thing happened in, in Chicago, I believe. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not going to say that's because of the hurricane, but in general, the Southeast has gotten more expensive over the past few weeks. Yeah, and I, I think really the, the big story here is the fact that the market itself is just still so turbulent, uh, you know, and it's it's hard to discern these other uh, events and how they're impacting the market. Now, I think uh, really what we need to focus on is, you know, tender rejection rates. They started to slide down a little bit for the first time. I mean, they, we've had some moderate declines here and there uh, right after the Fourth of July, et cetera. We're just still after Labor Day, so that doesn't mean, you know, these post-holiday uh, contractions are loosening. Right. Uh, are not unusual, and it certainly doesn't necessarily say that we've hit the peak, but volumes are starting to come back down. OTVI is now dropping uh, along with it. In the past, right. OTVI has gone up, uh, you know, and continued to do so. So we're seeing a couple of things kind of change here uh, in the pattern. Um, yeah, I mean, September is honestly normally a fairly like soft month, right? So in 18 and 19, um, Tendered volumes ended September lower than they began September, so b- both of the past two years. Um, but some of that also has to do with the Labor Day being at the beginning of the month, because you typically have this big surge of freight right around the holiday. So it it looks like there's a big jump. So yeah, yeah. But then, but then, go, even going ahead to that, um, <clears throat> last year uh, October ended the month um, lower than it began. Right. In 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 that was in nineteen. In eighteen, um, there was kind of a surge in the last week of October, th- so that October sort of ended on a strong note. Um, well, these are kind of transition months, you know. September, October. These are, this is where we transition. We're transitioning into the fourth quarter retail uh, peak season, where we have a lot of freight moving due to getting into the stores. This year is going to be very interesting to see that unfold at this point uh, with all the e-commerce and, of course, depending on how the virus behaves in the cold weather. But, you know, these are kind of these, uh, you know, we always had this experience back in my day where September was kind of hit or miss. Uh, October was 
a little softer than September just because it's the first quarter or first month of the of the quarter, typically a little bit lower volumes before it starts ramping up into November, December. Uh, but on the you know, on the material side, like the Home Depots, the Lowe's, that's actually the beginning of the end for them. Yeah. Uh, retail is right. more about Walmart. Summer's Target. over. Exactly. So the construction, home improvement projects, which is a huge commodity flow that has been, you know, really propping up this freight market recovery, is about to end seasonal, seasonally speaking. Right. Um, and, you know, maybe that gets extended a little bit by by hurricane damage, mm -hmm. uh, just depending on how many more storms we get. But, but yeah, this is a time when we see a transition to more, you know, consumer goods, electronics, uh, toys, you know, clothing, honestly, you know, lots of things like that. And, that's, and I, I think that's the question moving forward is how much have we already seen of that type of spending because we had this almost Christmas in May, June, where right. all these people were in their houses, they were getting bored, you know, you know, isolating themselves. So they went out and bought TVs, you know, redid their house, did all this activity that's normally reserved for, you know, December, January when they're stuck in their house anyway. Again, that's a good question. There, I mean, I think, I think that, uh, you know, food and bed will be very strong. I think that apparel has a chance to kind of um, have its moment in the sun where people weren't buying clothes a lot, but now that we we're having a, you know, a seasonal shift, you know, right. people, to the extent that people have spent more time outdoors maybe than they have in the past, um, they might want to buy warmer clothing. Um, I, I would look for things like that, maybe a little bit of outperformance in, in sort of apparel retailers. Um, that's a good question though. I mean, I don't think that people are going to say like, well, you know, I'm not getting you a Christmas present this year, Timmy, because, you know, you've been in quarantine this whole time and I've been having to buy you toys Great. every week just to keep me from, you know, going crazy. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's going to fly. Um, you know, I, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, now, Christmas is about the kids, but, I mean, that doesn't mean that the big ticket items don't get bought either, you know. I... I I don't know how much of that is going to. Uh, I even be wonder. Softened. I even wonder about things like cars, right? You always see these car commercials <laughs> on TV around Christmas. It's like someone's getting a Lexus with a big red bow on it. I, I personally don't know anyone who's ever bought someone else a car for Christmas. I assume it it, it must happen. Maybe maybe that's just like the Matrix, just trying to convince me that it's a thing. Right. But um, I know <laughs> that uh, automa, you know. That like dealerships have been really aggressive in pushing promotions and sales, and I wonder um, if that continues to ramp through the end of the year. It was already positive year over year in terms of uh, you know, train carloads of automotive parts, and that momentum may continue. And and people are actually slowly returning to work. We just saw the banks, uh, the major banks now have people returning back to their offices now. Um, you know, so I th I think that we are going to see you know, the continued result of the recovery. We still haven't seen the full potential of what can be moving through the country right now. Uh, we, we still, right. We're still in this recovery process with the industrial economy. We kind of got propped up by CPG, uh, food and bev early on in the recovery, right. and you know the home, the home goods and supplies and things like that really ramped up. Ag is having a big year too. Yeah. Grain is really high. Um, obviously produce and things like that. But but you're right, like oil and gas, chemicals, heavy manufacturing, a lot of that has been fairly depressed. 
and, and we haven't we haven't seen their full uh, potential yet. Now we're starting to see, you know, we look at carload volumes uh, here, and those have not, you know, they're slowly recovering. It's certainly nothing like the big curve that we saw in trucking uh, earlier on in the year, right. but it's slowly recovering. These are the raw goods, the raw materials, may, you know, the oil and gas. Uh, chemicals, things like that. They're they're coming back, but they're coming back very slowly. So that'll continue to recover more than likely. Um, still a lot of concerns around unemployment. Yeah, I mean, those numbers are improving, but it's slow. I mean, what, what are we at? Around like 8% unemployment, which is bad. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's a lot better than it was. I don't know how many of the people who are out of work are were involved in freight-intensive industries. Obviously, it's horrible that like we can't go out to eat at lots of restaurants that are closed or have limited operations, things like that. Um, but I, it, it's to me, it's I haven't, I'm and honestly, I haven't dug like deeply into the BLS data. But I, I, I don't know how, how many of the people who are unemployed are involved well, the, in freight consuming. I, I mean, the concern here isn't necessarily that we're, you know, the restaurant it's activity. Spending. Spending. Yeah, yeah, it's spending. It's the people that are unemployed at some point will have to stop spending, which will, of course, have this trickle up effect, <laughs> if right. you will, uh, right. into the economy. And even though there are a lot of service industry workers, but, you know, what's your what's your gut sense? Though? I mean, do you think that we uh, have peaked and that it's a slow slide downward continuously from now until you know, Q2 so, 2020 or one where it bottoms and... You know, for those that were watching the Global Trade Tech Conference, I did a demo with Craig Fuller and you know that we watch uh, a lot of maritime data. Yeah. And maritime data has two uh, purposes. One, to show us how much freight is actually coming into the United States, which of course ends up on a truck at some point. Whether or not that spends a lot of time in the warehouse or not is hard to tell. Last year, it spent a ton of time in warehouses. We saw inventory levels increase slowly over the year as there was a lot of pull forward due to the you know economic tensions between China and the United States. Um, that's not, you know, th we're seeing that a similar effect, but not necessarily because of tensions between China, but the idea that they can't get capacity to have the freight in the places they need it when they need it. So this, we're seeing a pull forward for retail season happening earlier than we would normally see it by about a month or so. Um, and that's, I've been talking to Henry Byers, our maritime expert about this extensively. Um, we are still seeing a lot, a heavy amount of bookings data. Like we're seeing 200 uh, to 300% increase year over year in, our, in the import volumes coming across the ocean from China right now, meaning that the shippers are planning, at least, to be ready for an amount of demand, a significant demand at that. So that, to me, is a signal that these guys, even though they, they haven't been great at predicting the future, because right. this is what caught them off guard in April and May, they didn't think that things were going to come back as quickly as they did. Home Depot, uh, Lowe's, they certainly didn't foresee this type of event. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen this way, but the fact that they are getting prepared for it means that there's a good chance that you know they're going to be running pr promotions for these products. They're able to control their demand a lot more than you know we may think. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Obviously, they've adjusted somewhat to the uh, the new world order with the COVID pandemic. But again, if we have another you know big outbreak, I've also or heard like that, that um, you know the new the new Playstations, the new iPhones are really expected to strain um, air cargo capacity even further. Right. Um, that's that's something that's. Is, uh, I was talking to a CEO of uh, you know 
Logistics 3PL the other day who was basically saying that like he's been looking for air capacity and it's getting booked up. And air co- we haven't seen the air cargo rates increase like they do seasonally. October, typically a peak for them, although we've already seen uh, peak rates, even though the airlines are not necessarily doing great due to the fact that their capacity is all gone. So, I mean, just to summarize, you think that um, sort of the multimodal data, like, you know, looking at what's happening in Asia with, you know, shippers mm-hmm. um, buying up capacity, you know, tendering tendering freight, you think that still has, that's still going to show up in the U.S. in the future and that... Um, we're set up for like a strong, re, at least retail peak season. Yeah, I, th- I think re- retail peak still looks like it's on schedule. Again, pending whatever 2020 has left in its tank. Uh, right. You know, we still have plenty of active hurricanes sitting out there in the uh, in the Atlantic. Uh, unfortunately, the wildfires again still burning in uh, California and Oregon. Uh, all these things have you know em- economic impacts down the down the line. So I still think that we're we're not going to see volumes just plummet. We're not going to see rejection rates just plummet. And again, we're going into this bid season where rates will naturally be corrected towards yeah. the market rate, and so that'll lower rejection rates as well. That's what I think. I think that's already starting to happen yeah. a little bit. I mean, I know that we talked about uh, slightly softer volumes, but I do think that. Shippers are adjusting their behavior. Brokers, carriers are adjusting their behavior. I mean, I mean, the at some point the number of contract rate discussions that we've heard about will materially affect mm-hmm. tender rejections. Right, and we're seeing. You know, we may see some of that right now. Uh, Los Angeles, for instance, not necessarily seeing a huge decline in volumes, not seeing a huge decline in rejection rates, but. Uh, it looks like it's moderated for the time being, even though there's tons of potential. You know, I was talking to Mike Bodendistel the other day. There's still a lot of freight sitting around the uh, the port there that needs to be moved. So yeah. it's still there. It's still very active, uh, even though it looks like for the time being we're in this, you know, is it a long-term trend change or just a near-term correction from the Labor Day holiday? Right. Not real sure. A, re- a retreat from an unsustainable, unprecedented peak. <laughs> right. Exactly, exactly. Well... Well, uh, you know, we've got about 30 seconds left. Thank you so much. And do you have anything working on Passport right now? Yeah, we're working on something about uh, Nicola's business model, um, you know, setting all the claims about the technology aside, like how much sense does it actually make for uh, over-the-road truckload carriers. Um, Also working on some deep market research about last mile. Very good. Very good stuff. Well, thank you so much, JP, for joining me today. And thank you for watching. And make sure to check out all our future freight market updates as well as on the spot on FreightWaves.com. Have a great week.